If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Everybody, it's June, and it's a CU podcast, completely unnecessary, for Tuesday, June 6th, alongside plucky Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I'm affable, Pat Contry. Talking about stuff that you want to hear, hopefully, this week, <laughs> we're talking about the final games announced for the Sega Genesis Mini, and our type Final 2 Kickstarter, the Xbox Game Pass coming to PC, uh, an NWC sold for a low, low price. Get out your wallet. You'd be, you'd be able to afford one. The Atari VCS being on Fox Business <laughs> News and your possible Q&A. Ian, how was your weekend? You didn't see Godzilla, you told me. Before. No, no, I, I'll go see it this week. Um, I'm not expecting much. I imagine it will be uh, amusing. <clears throat> um, I liked the the last one they did, the last U.S. one, um, a lot of people. Oh, did I saw it. it. Yeah, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, there's I always it. so much you can do with giant monsters hitting each other in the face. There's only so much you can do with it with the genre, right? Yeah, there's I mean, a, there's a ceiling to this genre. I mean, and there's new ways you can do it, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're gonna get fights. You're gonna get it's some monsters human drama. slapping each other in the face. Yeah, um, I like the big moth. Moth is my favorite. The big moth. Well, he's in this one. Yeah, right? it was in the first. Is it he or she? Whatever. Uh, she sometimes sometimes that's yeah i'm okay. pretty <laughs> they, they decide so um but yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it it's gotten middling reviews uh What's a lot that? of godzilla fans uh, have enjoyed it but some haven't you said that james didn't like it yeah james uh Rolf, i spoke to him on the phone uh recently so and, and uh he brought it up he, he, he didn't like the fact that he said that all the fights were at night in the, in the rain and the first one, they were all at night. Yeah. And then some were in the, I think a couple were in the rain, from what I remember. There's like three big fights in the movie. Yeah. Um, and, and then well, his problem with the one in 2014 was that you don't see Godzilla for like over an hour in. He shows up, what, in the Hawaii? It was a great sequence, the Hawaii, the yeah, tram thing. Yeah, I, I love that. That was a good Sorry. sequence, if I remember. Uh, but, yeah, the the night fights are because it's cheaper CG. There's, you can fudge the details. That's sure. I mean, they did that way back with Ang Lee's Hulk. Where it's like everything was at night, you couldn't see like what the hell was happening with him. Remember, it was like what I hated and that, 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 movie. that last fight. Remember, it's like you couldn't see what was going on with him versus. I couldn't see what was going on because I wasn't fucking paying attention. That movie at was that, point. that movie was a fucking trip. By the way, go back and watch that 2003 <laughs> Hulk movie. Really, I, it, go back. It's and a trip watch. just because the whole thing is just a trip to watch with all the panels moving. Like they try to make like a comic book. It was like that weird dark time of comic book movies. Uh, so still. I saw that movie along with Terminator Three. At a drive-in, and I hated both of them. Double feature? I hated those movies. Double feature? Yeah, double feature. Was that some hanky-panky happening in the back? No, no. No, we were just bored. Um, Okay. But yeah, it sucked. So, uh, 39% of Rotten Tomatoes. I think the uh, one five years ago did better than that in Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Deliver spectacular kaiju action and reaffirms that cutting-edge effects are still no, no substitute for a good story. 
So it sounds like the effects are good, but it's just monsters hitting each other in the face. Yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, I don't know what people <laughs> were expecting, but it's a monster movie. We, we get them once every like four or five years. I think they're doing King Kong versus Godzilla next. In this, they basically reestablished. They did a Godzilla cinematic universe because that yeah. that new that new Skull Island movie that came out what four years ago, five years ago was mm-hmm. restarting it because they, they they ignored the King Kong movie that Peter Jackson did that didn't doesn't count with this. So they redid another Skull Island, Return of Skull Island, and they did the Godzilla five years ago on this one. So they have a Godzilla cinematic universe, which is silly to say, but they do. So they're going to do a King Kong one. I mean, that's fine. I mean, cinematic universes, whatever. As long as like King Kong is so much smaller than Godzilla by yeah. like a factor of five. So that's what's so, be so weird. Unless they make King Kong super huge, I guess, or like three quarters the size, where he's like punching up like <laughs> like Little Mac. <laughs> They, but they got to make Godzilla a good guy in all these movies. So I guess with King Kong, I don't know if they'll have King Kong be the good guy or whatever. Or maybe it would be like a traditional uh, team-up comic world. Like it says Superman versus Spider-Man, but they end up teaming up against the Joker. And I saw a very you know, good tweet Green going Goblin. around, and it said that uh, the uh, <laughs> something like uh, the defining moment of uh, King Kong v. Godzilla will be when they both realize they know someone named Mothra. <laughs> Oh, it's an Amar- oh, very clever. <laughs> yeah, their, their Martha moment. Yeah, <laughs> very clever. Martha Ra, um, very clever. Um, I listened to uh, uh, Talk Is Jericho, Jericho's uh, podcast. I love that everyone has a podcast now. Jr. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley has a podcast on Sirius XM. Does does a good job right here. Taz has one. I guess if you have an East Coast accent in a wrestler, you automatically get one. Uh, for those, <laughs> but anyway, so. Uh, he had on uh, John Moxley, used to be Dean Ambrose, and they recorded it before. Uh, this is why I love Jericho, because obviously he he's like he's sort of like the the bridge from the old school wrestler to the new wrestler. Yeah. So even though that you're going to listen to something that no, you know that wrestling's a work. In the pre in, in the in the introduction, he said we recorded this before uh, uh, before Double or Nothing. And uh, I know he attacked me at Double Nothing, and he gave me dirty deeds. And if, and, and and if if he was on the show afterwards, I would have slapped him in his face. So he still he still ha- he still puts it on that yeah you know that it's real wrestling. I love I love Jericho so much. I like model myself to Jericho. I think to some extent. Anyway, um, but he had on John John Moxley and talked about why hour and a half interview. I only listened to the first hour, so to finish it, he talked about why he wanted to leave WWE, and it was everything that we kind of spoke about before about how it's creatively bankrupt WWE and he was sick of fighting sort of the system and basically fighting Vince he he, he didn't put the writers down he said the writers sometimes had an idea that might be weird but a lot of times the, the ideas came straight from, from Vince and then if you push back there'd be another rewrite of, of something for him to say and he said this is terrible I don't want to talk about like you know like the people having rabies in the audience and that's really where it went downhill last year when it was when he came back as and he turned heel and then his thing about like wearing like masks so he, so he wasn't infected by the audience and the, the whole thing just didn't make any fucking sense at all it, just, it was terrible and, and his rollins feud was was disastrously bad like it was just bad and it seemed like that was the moments last year like in the summer early fall where he said i'm out i don't want to do this anymore because he kept fighting against he's like he even said like i'm a i'm a trained professional wrestler and i know how to to put over you know uh, feuds and get heat and, and talk to the audience and now you're having me say this stuff that i know is garbage and if and vince was like oh this is that's some good shit right here so that's a meme now or vince saying that's some good shit right right there and uh the final straw was 
um, when they wanted him to include Roman Reigns' uh, real-life leukemia stuff in, into the promos. And he pushed back on that, and he said he got, like, Jedi mind-tricked by Vince to include it. And I remember watching it live at the time and feeling like, ooh, and you can tell, like, he, you can see in his face he didn't want to say it, like, he immediately read it, or he said something like, well, he's like, uh, Rollins, you're going to, because this is after he turned against the Shield after he came back and said, Rollins, you're going to have to answer to me, but uh, Roman Reigns, he's going to have to answer to the big guy in the sky. And it's just like, really crossed the line bad, that's, mixing in and that's real not, life stuff. And that's, it's, it's gross, but that's not the only time that they've brought up. They did it again, I think. Uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't with, um, Ambrose Moxley, though, it was with uh, uh, Slater. They did with Slater? No, uh, who's the big guy who came back? Brock? No. No, the one who was the... I think it was Slater. Heath Slater's the, 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 the jobber guy. Okay, no, it was someone who came back who was big. They were at... Uh, oh, Drew, uh, Drew yeah, McIntyre? Yeah, Drew McIntyre. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Slater. He's, he's Slater with Drew McIntyre? I, I don't know. They, they, no, they, they kind of worked it in uh, a, little, he, a little bit. Uh, he ha- No, he straight yeah. up said it. I mean, he straight up brought it up. But to say that someone's going to potentially die while he's going through ke- literally time yeah. chemotherapy is is horrible. But, and, 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 but this, but work, when, working working uh, that into anything is awful. But they did the same thing after, after Eddie died. They worked. Yeah. They said or Orton said, "Oh, your friends in hell." Orton says that to Mysterio, and I mean that was like eleven years ago at this point, twelve years ago already when that happened, right? Two thousand five or six or seven around there. Two thousand five, I think Eddie died or six. So um, Vince McMahon is 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 obviously morally gross. We know that. Oh but, yeah. But he's but the buck stops with him. So he has final. He's seventy three at this point. Seventy two, seventy three. He, he has died fi- in two thousand five. Two thousand five. He he has final say still over the scripts and about everything that happens on TV. He still has his, his, you know, his hand on everything. So when, 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 uh, when John Mox is explaining this, he's like, even the writers sort of know that it's like, yeah, I know it's from Vince. We can't do anything bad because everyone's fearful for their job. They're fearful to push back on Vince because you can be fired for that or you can be ousted. And it's, it's just a strange a situation to be. in. I can imagine being a pro wrestler like that and being frustrated um, and there's, like I said before, a lot of wrestlers are very frustrated and they want out. Gallus yeah. and, uh, Gallus, uh, wants out, um, with his tag partner, uh, God, I can't, I can't remember their names. Uh, and then Sasha Banks wants out, the Revival want out, uh, Luke Harper wants out, and this is all public. Yeah. EC3. Oh, and Rose brought up that he, he had a short-lived feud with EC3, but, what he's what he did and he in EC3 like I said has been dead in the water he's Vince hates him now so what they tried to do with EC3 is that by this point in time people knew publicly they put out a press release saying Ambrose is leaving which is bizarre W never did that so then they had a little feud with EC3 where like he lost in like two minutes to a roll up to EC3 Ambrose which is bizarre because Ambrose is a main eventer and they use him as a jobber and even Ambrose said like what are you doing the fans aren't going to go for this they're going to hate him automatically because they're going to root for me as an underdog even though I'm supposed to be a heel they know I'm leaving now and they know, they know what you're going to see in the ring is bullshit because they know you're trying to bury me. And because the, the fans are smart, they know this. Yeah, stuff. they fall. And he was absolutely right. And so now EC3 is like, he even responded saying thank you and good luck. He didn't say that towards anyone in the tweet, but it was towards the support that Ambrose gave him on the podcast or Moxie gave him on the, on the podcast to Jericho. So the whole thing's a fucking mess. Everything's a fucking mess. I hear. I heard the last Raw was a disaster again. Uh, I don't watch anymore. And we need this competition to happen now. We need wrestlers to have even the threat of leaving to go somewhere else. 
and he reiterated, he reiterated, reiterated, I think something that Kevin Owens was like talking to Ambrose about, about like why, why you want to leave? We're doing all this good stuff here, or, or you know, it's like this we're WWE, and Ambrose was like, I'm, I'm, this is not what I want to do. Basically, I don't want to be in this environment anymore. Where he said he was like just um, worn out from years and years of trying to push back against bad ideas, yeah, and just stuff he didn't want to do. And you can see his heart wasn't in it anymore. His heart probably wasn't even when he was champion when they made him goofy. I, I said his when he was uh, world champion. His, his run was not a good run. No, it was all. awful. And maybe that was because he was just didn't feel motivated anymore. He was just sick of you know being. By that point, he was there for like four years. At that point, four or five years by the time he was champion. So, yeah, it's just a shame. But better better spot right now. So I'm I'm excited uh, for that. Right, anything else go, going on in this intro? Started playing Pokemon Go again. Oh yeah, yeah. It's been fun. Um, I don't know. You're going to Pokemon sleep soon? Yeah, I'll Pokemon sleep. Hey, anything that gets you to sleep better, I'm all for. <laughs> Get you on a regular sleep schedule. If it takes Pokemon, I'm all for it, buddy. If you need a fucking, you know, anime thing to make you do it better, <laughs> something children play with, go for it. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it's it's been fun. Bonnie, as you know, has been playing it fairly consistently since the day it came out. And uh, I don't know. I was just... I think we were watching Pokemon, and I was like, hmm. And Vani uses my phone sometimes when she goes to uh, the events. And uh, I just randomly opened it and caught a Pokemon, and she was like, she freaked out. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, it's the first time I'd logged into my account in like three years. So it's been fun. We went out at like midnight last night and drove around and took out gyms. And I don't know. It's actually, it, it's a lot different than it was when it started. There's, there's more to do. But that's about the only exciting thing that's happened to me. So, phone games. This isn't exciting. Well, what we got going on is exciting. This is exciting. I'm talking about you know things outside of the podcast oh. universe. Oh, okay, I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm thrilled uh, to be doing this podcast with you, Ian, today. I can tell. Fucking thrilled. <laughs> All, All right, right. <laughs> let's launch in. Let's launch in, so, Ian Patrick. Sega announced their last. Uh, the last, uh, the last chunk of games for the Genesis Mini, and it was supposed to be 10, but they announced 12. So Bonus games? So this Whoa! system is going it, it's going to have 42 games included, and I got to tell you, it's pretty hard to argue with this full list. No so, yawning Triceratops. Triceratops no yawning Triceratops, yeah, but uh, that's disappointing. I, I'm going to blow through these real quick. Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodline, Space Harrier 2, Shining Force, Mean Bean Machine, Toe Jam and Earl, Comic Zone, Sonic the Hedgehog, Altered Beast, Gunstar Heroes, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Earthworm Jim, both Mickey Mouse Illusion games, Thunder Force 3, Super Fantasy Zone, both Shinobis, Streets of Rage 2, Contra Hardcore, Landstalker, Mega Man the Wily War, Street Fighter 2, Sonic Spinball, Fantasy Star 4, Beyond Oasis, Ghouls and Ghosts, Alex Kidd, this is a long... This- or get your degree, you can major in finance or accounting. <laughs> <laughs> just six months. That's, that's all DeVry tech fucking... Yeah. Golden X, Vector Man, Wonder Boy, Monster World, Tetris, Darius, Virtua Fighter what? 2, Alyssa Dragoon, Monster World 4, Kid Chameleon, Road what? Rash 2, Eternal Champions, Columns, Dynamite, Hetty, and Strider. Okay, Ian, I'm not sure I had to run through them like that. I mean, <clears throat> we're probably going to go through some of them again, but... Yep, we are. Because I, I, no one absorbed that. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, long story short, there's... Oh, very long story short. There is almost no filler in this list. All killer? Um, Mostly killer. I mean, and looking through this, there's even some stuff that never uh, came out on the Genesis, like officially, like we've got the uh, Monster World 4 um, uh, English translation. 
Uh, we are getting the uh, mysterious Sega Tetris. Can we put these lists in alphabetical order on websites? That would be nice, right? That would be that would be that would be so. They're doing it by chunks of games. Yeah, um, Darius, which I don't believe ever got a Genesis port. They said so. We're not just getting games that we'd want to see. We're getting new stuff. Darius wasn't on the Genesis. That's what the article said. Uh, well, Tetris is the one that that was in arcades. Yeah. And, and oh, I'm they, not saying that they, they, uh, they weren't around. I'm just saying they never officially got releases. Like Darius never got an official release. The house it around. I don't know. You tell me. That's what the article says. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It was around, but it, okay. Um, but, I mean, honestly, on here, you, you look at something like the PlayStation Mini, and half of it was filler or, or crap no one wanted. A totally exclusive port of Darius, I guess from the arcade one at the time. Yeah. You know, whatever late 80s version was. Not a Darius person. But uh, that's pretty... Okay. I guess it was an easy conversion from whatever the arcade tech was. I don't know. I, I mean, or, that's I mean, It was a prototype and they had it yeah, around. I, I would imagine it's got to be that. Because the, I mean, the arcade version of Darius wouldn't just port over. Because that uses... It uses a big, long, widescreen. Oh. Okay. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what it does. Uh, but then the, 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 the Tetris is interesting because that's the one that never... That's a weird one that that you see on EBA from every few years, but I I can't tell if it's real or if it was a couple of ones thrown together that go for like thousands of dollars. Uh, that was that was an arcade. There was an arcade Sega Tetris though. There was that and then the Atari one as well. So there was a two versions. So it's interesting that they have Tetris on there, even though it was never on the Genesis. Um, they added columns, which I said you got to get columns on there. You got you got to put columns on there. The original Puzzler uh, for the, for the console. Um, I, I'm impressed that they, they hit a lot of sweet spots. By the way, the Japanese one does have some differences, right? Yes, I believe it does. It has uh, Musha Lesti Full Metal Fighter Eleanor. Is that the full name? Party Quiz Mega Q is on the Japanese one. Puyo Puyo Su. Puzzle in Action Tant 4. Tant 4? Tant 4. <laughs> Maybe that's her yawning triceratops. The Hybrid Front? Is that... Is, is, I never heard of that. Yeah, I don't know that so one. So there's Wrestle Ball... And uh, this, this, I'm just eyeballing to see the difference in ones. Yu Yu Hakusho, Makyu Toitsusen, and Slap Fight MD. Medical Doctor Slap Fight. <laughs> there's more. Mato Monogatori. So there's there's some differences there. Um, Target Earth, Assault Suit Lanos, Target Earth. Anyway, uh, Alicia Dragoon. That's a that's a hidden gem, Drew. Uh, that you know that Pat might have covered. It's a great with, game with, uh, with the Dominatrix potentially. That is getting uh, a U.S. release as well. So yeah, it's a bummer that some of the shooters like Musha aren't on there, uh, especially given the the price of Musha um, in the U.S. But otherwise, I mean, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine is. I mean, that's Puyo Puyo. It's good. Honestly, Columns is maybe the the most non-essential game on here. Really. I mean, it's not good. I mean, it's, it's all right. It's iconic. It's not good. It's well, sometimes you need Sega. some iconic. It's a black box game for Genesis. It's a graph game. Graph game. So, <laughs> anyways, it's looking really good, and for the price of eighty, I mean, that's that's a really really excellent um, list of games. Uh, you know, Bloodlines goes for a shitload. Contra goes for a bunch. Um, Alyssa Dragoon is not cheap anymore. Gunstar Heroes goes for a decent amount. Gunstar yeah. Heroes, yeah. Um, so this is pretty great. Uh, you got the Mega Man game on there. Yeah, that was only in Europe. So this, this is what I'm going to say. So we got a couple bonus games, 42. Um, st- still no no sports games. 
which I, 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 I'm just, it was probably the licensing cost. Obviously a lot of these are, you know, there's a lot of first party games on here that, you know, obviously Sega doesn't have to pay for the Capcom ones are probably cheap, cheaper to license, but they did get the Mickey mouse stuff yeah. on there. Those, so maybe that was maybe those were tethered to those properties a lot easier to get those. Possibly, I also think um, that on I mean there are good sports games on the Genesis for sure, but honestly I don't think anyone's going to miss them. Really? No one's going to miss them. I, I'm going to miss them, Ian. I think they well, congrats, but I think they'd probably rather have I, rather have they can't add on an NHL game. It would make sense. I just don't think it's the biggest. Or Joe Montana. NHL wasn't a big Genesis. Are no, you really going to say I'm that? I'm saying I don't think it's the biggest deal that there's not one a, on there. I think it's a big deal not to have one sports game, not to represent an entire genre of games. I do. Mm. What are you, Mr. Anti-Sports Game now? Where no. They're not I'm real just, games? I like sports. I'm going to say that. I like sports half, games. I would venture to say that uh, I half don't the think kids it's that necessary. Had a, I would venture to say that half the kids that owned a Sega Genesis either had a Joe Montana or an NHL game. Holy shit. So did I. I'm just saying I don't think anyone's going to miss them on And I'm here. saying I'm missing them, Ian. Okay. And if I'm missing them, so are all the other kids that played NHL 94 Because you're going to get that Genesis Mini and open it up on day one and plug it into your TV. <laughs> yes. No. I did that with the NES and the Super Nintendo Classic. <laughs> you're so full of shit. Uh, what? You think I'm lying? I didn't play the Super Nintendo Classic? You're going to be fine without a sports game. You know, I reviewed the NES Classic, right? Yes. I did a whole Pat yes. video on it, right? I, I'm aware. I did very well. Yes. I'm well aware. I just don't think it's a big deal that there's not a sports and game And I'm telling there. you, it's 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 a deal. I'm not saying it's a big deal. It's a deal. Let's make well, a deal. How about you decide, if you, the listener slash viewer, is you, are you kind of weirded out there's not one sports game on here to play? Not one. It's, and not it's, e- it's strange. It's and not, not even going. Like a, it's not going to be a big deal. And not no even one's just going like, to fucking write a bad review about it because it doesn't have a sports game. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad product. I'm just saying it's a it's a it's a slight misfire not to have it because all the other minis have have it on there. So it's like a little disappointed. That's all. And and no and no Moonwalker and no Moonwalker. You did get Ultra Beast. You got some of those first first runs there. Um, you got Space Harrier on here. Space Harrier 2. Is it on here? Yes. Okay, so that's the first first run of, you know, that got you going in 89, so, early 90. Real quick, they, uh, in Japan only so far, they've announced a completely pointless accessory that I think is rather adorable that'll be coming out for this at about 37 bucks. Fucking ridiculous. It's called the Sega, uh, the Sega uh, Mini Tower, and it's literally a, it, it's literally plastic... <laughs> Represent it's little mini Sega CD 32x and a little Sonic the Hedgehog Mega Drive cartridge that uh, you, you that you tower up yeah that you put together to make the uh, Megazord that just loves. just for just to sell you more plastic just for with, shits and giggles with no function it's thirty bucks so you get this you get the Mega Drive CD you get the 32x and the cart you get all yep you, you, they're not separate you get so you nope, plug you them get in. them all together so I guess. Uh, you're, you're taking out what was the what was the charm of this being mini, and now you're making it bigger. You're making it uh, not medium. a mini, a, a medium. It's a medium. It's a Sega medium. It's an average. It's a it's a it's a it's a Sega average now. <coughs> the Genesis Genesis average, Mega, Mega Drive average. So, anyways, um, I wonder why they wouldn't put that out in the U.S. I just I just wonder why that wouldn't be here. I don't know because because that won't match the uh, the the style because it's a Mega Drive and not a uh, Genesis. 
Now, if they if they had it where it you got some sound on it, or maybe the boot up sequence was different for like the that. Come on, come on, cute. come on, Sega. I could do, do your thinking for you. You can't put something like that in there. The little cute, you know, CD spins around and you see Sonic show up. There's a few different songs. I love the there. Sega CD intro. It's was good. it two or three songs? There's at least two different songs. That were there's on there. the main one, and then there's a second one when you like. When you reset, like if I think if you like are loading another game well, without they, turning it all the way off. Oh, I thought there were different revisions that that they were different. Too. Oh, uh, yeah, it might be. I, I, just, I just know the the because when we've been using it with the with the Mega SG, I've noticed different songs within the because because the, the top loader or top loader the, the whatever the regular the front loader was uh, like the one point and then. The, the the flip up one was probably at least like one point one or one point two at yeah. that point. I know they had different revisions of the software when you boot up. Anyway, all right, well that's cute. I, I you know what? I I will I will I will get this this Genesis Mini. Even without a sports game, I'll get it in. <laughs> and even though two of the games, two of the games you can't play with three buttons: Turtle Champions and Street Fighter Two. That thing's on its way out. No, it's not. Okay. So, in the world of retro games, continuing, uh, there is a... Um, in the world of retro games. Uh, there is a Kickstarter for um, a new R-Type, R-Type Final 2. So, R-Type Final came out on the PlayStation uh, PlayStation 2, I want to say roughly 2004, because it was the last game I remember like playing and beating before I moved to San Diego. Um, and that was it. There, there was People felt like that really might actually be it. Our type final might have actually been final. But no. No, no. no. Final, final, final. But no, final. no, no. We're in the works for our type final too. So the uh, trailer is not the best. It shows a lot of cutscenes. But at the end, um, it shows basic standard R type gameplay. It looks like they've got it down. It's being done by Granzella. Uh, Granzella was formed from ex-Irem staff members. So basically, Irem is giving the is licensing the property to Granzella to make this, and Granzella's old Irem, old Irem staff. So it's 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 being it's still basically being made by the the original company that made it. Well, this is what's weird about this Kickstarter. They only put a week on it. Yeah. Put a week on it. So. Um... So in one day about, one day plus, they've got over 3,100 backers. They raised $375,000 of a $416,000 goal. So I guess you just, they're, they're counting on what? That means they only need like 3,500 backers that want an R-type game. Yeah. And that's enough for basically what would be like an indie title. Um, PS4, they're advertising, Switch, Xbox One, and Steam. So what, what do you get here? First of all, um, they didn't have a translator, so there's some English here going up. R-Type Final 2 aiming for a brand new, the best shmup ever. Using the latest technology, create and bring out the newest game of the side-scrolling shooter legend R-Type series into the world. Yes, that's what you're trying to do. The The, the trailer is bizarre be, just because they talk about like evoking emotion and things of that nature and it's very, um, I don't know, it, it, it's, we are embarking to create, what is it? I'm just trying to read some of this. We're bargaining to create uh, on a project to create the latest R-type title. Um, they show some past footage. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's there's some 2D footage. A lot of it's just like 3D, sort of like cutscene footage for some reason that they're showing off. Uh, I'd say the majority of the trailer is that. 
They talk about the creators, obviously. Why Kickstarter? Well, we want to get paid and it's good advertisement. Um, so I, based upon this Kickstarter uh, video, if I didn't know the people involved, I would not pledge to this just because it's so vague. Uh, the video, it doesn't really tell you like what the game's really going to feature and things you you know like about shooters. Um, but being that you said the, the team's on it, then then obviously it's it's probably legit. Well, and our so. type is huge. I mean, that was I mean, it's one of the you know premier uh, shooters. So I think I think that's why they're getting away with it not being quite as well presented um, as it as it as it could be. Um, so one, there's like five different fighters here. Excuse me, four different fighters. You have that's that's pretty cool. Well, I, I mean, I believe they say they're going to do exactly what the first R-Type uh, final did, um, which is bring back those 100 fighters. Uh, actually, it was 101 different fighters. They had 100 different fighters? 101. How different were the 100 fighters? Or were they just like... A lot of them were actually different? fairly different. I mean, everything from you're playing as like multiple ships to you can play as a force, uh, you know, the little pods that you shoot. You can play as literally the power up ships. Okay. Um, I mean, it, I mean, obviously they weren't all super unique, but they did have different loadouts and different stats, and okay. it was impressive. Okay, it actually says it right here: dozens of fighters that appeared in the previous series are planning to make renewed appearances. Okay. Yep. Um, and they talk about, I like this right here. This is going to cost, uh, maybe talk about how much this is going to cost. About 30 bucks is what they're saying to get a, um, the digital copy, 60, 60 for the uh, physical copy. Okay. Um, and then stretch goals that, they're, I don't know why they only did a week. Because if, if, if they did this for like a, a month, they could have hit some of the, maybe, maybe the million dollar stretch goal. You know, um, subtitles in different languages. Really, at seven hundred thousand dollars, is it that much to localize? How much? How much subtitles? How much R type dialogue is there? I don't know. Traditional game, not not generally very much. I was going to say, like, <laughs> shouldn't cost you that that much. Um, some of these are are pretty. Additional stages. These are pretty interesting. Um, reproduce and incorporate one of the stages from R type Final, the original. Reproduce and incorporate one of the stages from R type Delta. This is uh, R type Three. Leo. That's cool. Two. This is actually... I, I think uh, this is incredibly... These are great stretch goals. The price is just know. nuts. Yeah. I um, mean, they're not going to reach that. But I mean, but I mean the, the price is... The, it's another $100,000 to do one stage. Um, another $100,000 to get subtitles in Chinese. It's like, uh, no. Okay, $2,500,000 um, is what gets uh, all 102 hours. Uh, okay, so they're, they're promising dozens... But if you if you reach two and a half million, you'll get all hundred and two. Yep. So so do you like the art style? Are you okay with the the two D uh, polygonal sort of? Yeah, thing? I mean that's what our type final was okay. at this point. If we want to see some of these games get made that we want sequels to, not, we, not gonna it's going to have to be three D. I mean people it's just easier. Yeah, everyone wanted you know uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, not Curse of the Moon. Uh, Bloodstain, Ritual of the Night. Everyone wanted that in 2D, but, you know, it was in 3D and people complained uh, initially, and now everyone thinks it looks decent. I mean, you're getting the game that you want. Sure. you got to give a little for yeah. some of these. Do you, you want a Pixar movie or wait 20 years and get one Disney traditionally animated movie? Come on. For shooter, I mean, yeah. shooters and 2D side-scrolling platformers are not the biggest market right now. So, you, I mean, if they got to cut corners to make it cheaper, they have to. They're licensed by iRim, it says. Yep. And about to make a new title, the legendary side-scrolling shooter game R Time. So, um, so you have by the time you listen to this, you have like six days left to 
six and a half days left. The time you watch this on YouTube, you might have three days left to get on board, but I'm sure you'll be able to purchase this after the fact. Yes, yeah. this is really marketing and, get, and getting pre-orders out. Yeah, there's no, I mean. It's not coming out until December of next year? Holy shit. Okay, so you got December, you got a whole year and a half. So uh, you'll be able to buy it before then. Yeah, I mean, they're only looking for $416,648. That's not a budget to make the game. This is getting the word out. Sure. All right, so uh, are you going to pledge, Ian? Are you going to maybe? Yeah, actually, I, I will. Okay. You heard it here. Ian gets his endorsement. Maybe there'll be a sponsor on the CU podcast in the future. All right, Ian, there was a kerfuffle online regarding uh, Super Mario Maker 2's uh, latest announcement about the multiplayer mode, if you want to talk about that. There's no article here for me yeah. to look at. I'll just Google it. So and there's nothing to really look up other than Super Mario Maker 2 um, is going to have online multiplayer, uh, but it will only match you up with someone random. You can't match up with your friends. And this is dumb as shit. This is very stupid. Um, I have no idea why Nintendo is so intent on being incredibly ass-backwards when it comes to multiplayer. Because they wouldn't be Nintendo without it, I guess. They're on brand. Um, it's on brand. It's just, it's crazy to me that you would actually include the multiplayer, but not include so, a way to meet up with friends. So if I if I make a stage for us to try... And, and whatever pair off and, and compete against or whatever get through before in the Wii U you could do that no oh you couldn't no basically what they're actually so you make stages in the Wii U and Super Mario Maker 2 you make stages you upload them people can find them with a code and play them uh huh I get they're that they're talking about simultaneous multiplayer here okay so I can load up a stage in Mario Maker 2 and find a random to play with but I can't actually pick someone from my friends list. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and the reactions to it were interesting. Uh, a lot of people felt like they needed to, uh, I don't know, fucking defend Nintendo on this incredibly weird decision. Just seems like a very strange hill to die on. Um, it's okay to admit Nintendo doesn't do everything right. It's okay to admit Nintendo is very dumb sometimes. Yet people were out there calling... Uh, there were people who were getting a little overworked about it, but uh, someone was like, oh, asking for that is entitlement. It's just, it's a common, it's a common inclusion in games these days. It's not, it's not unrealistic to think that maybe if you're going to put multiplayer in a game that you would be able to find your friends. This is what they said. This is, they, they gave a statement. Uh, this is true as, as the, as the game is now, you cannot create friend lobbies online you can only play online with randoms. You can still get friends together and play with local play. Okay. And you're free to play with four players on one Nintendo Switch system. You can also still challenge your friends to your creations. Yes. Okay, that's what I was afraid of. No, 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 that. no, no. That would be insane. You can still also still challenge your friends to your creations and take on their designs through course IDs and having them follow your makeup profile. Okay, that's what I thought they were getting rid of. No. That. You're, no, not actually. They, you mean multiplayer two at the same time. That's what I okay. said. <laughs> that's what I mean. But to me, multiplayer can also mean... We take turns. No, no, no. Okay. So, it's not the end of the world. The game okay. is going to be fine. The game is going to be fun. It's just very specifically weird to be like, okay, we're adding a new online multiplayer mode, but no friends. Um, and, and Nintendo is... Their whole, their whole online policy is very strange. We've, been, we've had the capability to put a Mario Party game online with friends. 
since the Wii, and they've never done it. The 3DS ones don't ha- never had online multiplayer. The Wii one doesn't. Uh, the Wii U one didn't, and now the um, Switch one doesn't either. So they go out of you, their you way. You play with random people on the Switch. Oh, no, you just you just can't go online at all with it. Oh, which makes that's insane. Also, makes no sense to me. That'd be the perfect online. Yeah, the online party board game, or the 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 multiplayer party board game doesn't have an online mode, and at this point, it seems like it never will. That's bizarre. So, yeah, I mean that that's the news. Is it really going to affect the game that much? No, it's not. I mean, it's well. It's how good. many it's, people play the multiplayer versus just the single uh, courses? I don't know because the multiplayer is new. That's what I'm saying. But you're saying they're chopping the legs off at the start from doing yeah, that yeah, yeah, they're 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 yeah, they're they're um, making a stupid decision on it right from the get go. Okay. So there's that. Well, it's easier to put out without putting to people. But is it? That, yeah, well, I mean, is it? It's less resources that to deal with that. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I guess you got you got to do the net coding for that mode and. Or whatever, I don't but know. But it's already in know. there. I don't know what, what they're thinking. <laughs> there's, there's... They don't want. They don't want. They don't want people having weird interactions with children. Maybe I don't know online. And Nintendo, they've always they've always been aired on the side of caution to the extreme when it came to interaction. With you would people. think that they would they're... keep people from playing against randoms. Then I don't know, Ian. I, I don't know what to say with this. Well, well, with the... Nintendo's dumb. That's what we're going to say about this. So with the randoms, then you, you're going to team up to play a level. You don't know who they are. Nope. You don't know if they're good or not. To, yeah, to, I don't... Maybe you'll make a random friend, Ian. <laughs> Can you add the random friend to the <laughs> What if you get... What if you Actually, you probably could, just because a lot. that's how a lot of Switch games work, is... And I think, like, it, it, they do this on PS4 as well. If you play with someone that you meet up with randomly, like... You can favorite them or something? You can then... You can go out of the game to your friends list and go recently played right. with and add them. This is what you got to do. You just, it's like the lottery. You just keep randomly playing until you hit your friend. <laughs> just keep randomly playing until it ha- it'll happen. Just, you got to run it. You got to run it 24 hours a day until you hit your friends. <laughs> wow. Yep. Unless you like target a region. It's like, well, we'll do random people in Southern California. Me and Ian will, We'll, uh, you can probably play. target a region. Okay, I mean, Mario Mario Kart lets you do that, for instance, and so does uh, I believe Smash does too. But Mario Kart, you can play with a friend, though. Yeah, that's true. It's really bizarre. I got something to say. It's it's obviously Nintendo. I don't know what you're thinking, Nintendo. They're not. They're not thinking. Even us corporate shills are saying there's a problem with it, right? As as you gulp out of my path, the Anus Punk beer. It's beer a it's a glass, glass. Pat. It's glass. Yeah, but you, you, I have like 30, 30 different glasses you can take. You always take mine. So what happens is, Ian, I haven't drank out of that glass in months because you always use it. And so you get it before me after I wash it. I just did the dishes yesterday. You okay? You want me to call an ambulance? No, I don't want to call you uh, what, the way. No, I'm just saying. That's just. I never get to use my glass. That's all. Okay. Anyways. Mo- moving on. All right, Ian. News out of uh, uh, modern gaming world. From Microsoft, Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass is coming to the PC. Sweet. It's a subscription service. We know that. It's coming to Windows 10. The company is promising a curated library of more than 100 titles from third-party devs, including Bethesda, Deep Silver, Devolver Digital, Paradox Interactive, and Sega. 
Okay. Big increase is from Engadget. A big increase over the current crop of the PC compatible titles. That those ones that you buy, and then you can put the, right. the disc in. You know, basically cross platform that are currently available uh, through through Game Pass. So, um, all right, they're going to intend to make first party exclusives available as well uh, through uh, the Game Pass on the same day as the general release, uh, including titles coming from Obsidian Entertainment, In Exile Entertainment, and other studios that Microsoft uh, now owns that they been gobbling up okay and subscribers will also get a few of the perks including discounts up to 20 percent off games in the microsoft store all right ian so we've mentioned before i've said it you might have said about microsoft is is caring less and less and less about where they play where you play their games as long as you play them yeah i mean because they're gonna make they're gonna make money you never really from what it's always been said you don't make money on the console you make money on the licensing fees if you're gonna make money on a console it comes later so microsoft is realizing we can make this money back on a pc sure buy the console if you want to be a you know a a name brand xbox player but sure we're gonna put this stuff everywhere and we'll we'll sell you our first party software and, and take all the profits yeah you know exactly um so and for people who are playing, this is kind of win-win. Um, I mean, the the Game Pass has always had some pretty good stuff. And um, at launch, it says that it's going to have Gears 5 and Age of Empires 1, 2, and 3. Definitive. I like Age of Empires. I like Age of Empires, too. It's a dumbed-down civilization, but I like it. I like uh, it. So, yeah, that that's neat. Um, I think that this will be quite popular. What does it cost, Microsoft Game? I'm going to look that up. Microsoft Game Pass. I think it's like 20 a month. Uh, let's see. Because I'm pretty sure it was cheaper than PS Now. Uh, $10 a month. Boom. Or you can get it for $1 off. At, at, with six days left, There's a, I guess there's something going on right now to try it out for a dollar oh, for the okay. first month. Gotcha. It's like those porn sites. Yeah. Dollar for 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. Get all the wanking in you can in 48 hours. <laughs> and don't or, forget to cancel. Don't forget to cancel. Or it's like $30 a month and we're going to shame, shame you in the, in the letter coming in the mail. I don't know. I've never I've never subscribed to a, to a porn site. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, no comment. Um, so uh, there's nothing on in this article about if you need a top-end PC to, to run these games. I'm guessing at this point a, an average PC should do it. I mean, a lot I of mean, these. I mean, if if it's got Age of Empires in there, it's it's going to well, be games across the board of you know. Older, yeah, but you want to be able to play the newer games too, not just games that came out well, 15, sure. 20 I mean, years ago. It's not any different than you know playing a a triple A AAA game on Steam. You're going to need some sort of decent computer, or or you just you know tone down the settings potentially. Yeah, they put those in there. So, yeah, I, I guess they'll figure that out uh, as well. Um, let's see. They're going to promise to bring Halo: The Master Chief Collection. So that'll be good for a lot of people. Uh, and according to Engadget, this is a shot at Epic Games. Um, sort of shot across the bow. You have all these online wars now between Steam and Epic Games and, and Xbox and Microsoft going well, at it. And one thing that apparently they're doing is the Xbox, uh, the Microsoft Store is getting rid of what's called UWP. I won't pretend to know what Universal Windows Protocol actually is, but what it means is that the uh, same file can be submitted to the Microsoft Store, uh, Steam, and I believe um, uh, the Epic Store. So basically, the requirement that Microsoft have its own 
its own build basically to upload it to the store okay. is gone. So now it, it's own enclosed, its own wrapper basically. But it's not anymore, okay. which is good um, because that's going to make it more attractive for developers to put their stuff on there if the they br- don't have to go out of their way to you know basically recompile something. So for ten bucks a month, you're going to get a, 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 a hundred plus games, and they'll add more, and you have the chance to buy other games that come out on the platform as well that you traditionally would have been able to buy potentially on your Xbox One. Um, so this is fantastic. Yeah, there's, I, I can't like think this of is, a negative here. Microsoft is just basically saying to people like me, don't worry about spending 400 bucks on a console that in two years you, you don't have to worry about upgrading whatever, just $10 a month. You're not going to have every single game, but you're going to have a chunk of games on here. Yeah. And you're still going to have those first-party games that if they're Windows 10 also compatible, you can just buy them for whatever, 60 bucks and play them. Um, Thank you, Microsoft, for admitting that this is the last gen of consoles. Like, this is it. We're basically done. What we've been saying for, like, five years. This is basically it. it doesn't, they're all computers. It's all the same computer shit. It's all the same architecture at this point. We don't have to worry about it anymore. And let Nintendo put out their weird toy stuff on the side. Let Nintendo have their own day in the sun. But uh, if, you ever, if you ever get to the point where, on the Super Switch, this is also available with the same amount of games... You know that you can get in the PC as well. Then that just be game over. Yeah. Because then you'll have a handheld Xbox. Yeah, basically. I don't think you're going to be running Gears Five on a Switch, but I <laughs> well, mean, Super Switch in the future maybe. Let's let's just say Two I years mean, down the line, knowing that Microsoft and Nintendo are working together, let's say that they make this available and there's 50 games that are playable yeah. on a Switch. It's still. It's still good. If it's you're going to get this for your computer anyways, it, it's like having Netflix at that point. You can use Netflix on your phone. You can use Netflix on your TV. Uh, and not all things are going yeah. to be ideal for that platform. That's perfect, Ian. So you still have you'll have a, some of the games. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Some of the games will maybe you won't be able to access or else your, your Switch would melt. If you try to, it will literally right. just melt in your hands if you play the latest Gears of War or the latest Halo, Halo 17, whatever the next one's going to be. Um yeah, and then Sony, well, Sony's just doing, trying to survive on their own, I guess, and do their own thing at this point. So, all right, that's uh, that's good news from Microsoft. Microsoft uh, Microsoft is uh, going up a notch in my eyes. Yeah, they've really done a lot in the past two years to kind of turn around my opinion on them, too. Stamps.com, proud to be partnering with them for a while now. You know, Stamps.com makes shipping all your packages and letters easy without the hassle having to deal with the post office. They bring the uh, amazing services of the post office right to your door. Right to your door. Right to your door, Pat. And all all you need is a computer. You need a printer and maybe a a scale you can weigh your your, uh, packages on. Whether you're a small office or larger business out of your home, it's perfect. It's a perfect solution. Uh, With Stamps.com, you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. Uh, I would know just because I've been using Stamps.com for like five, six years. I've been mailing DVDs out, mailing consoles, mailing game packages, mailing T-shirts, mailing pins, everything. So I, I can abide by how, how well Stamps.com works for me. So if it works for me, it may work, work for you as well. Uh, over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com as well, including me. I'm a small business. Right now, our listeners, you guys out there, get a special offer. That includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. You need that scale to get started. Whoa, whoa. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in CU Podcast. Again, four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Go to stamps.com, 
click on the mic at the top of the homepage and type in CU Podcast. That's stamps.com. Enter CU Podcast and get shipping and get saving. And you're going to ship with a smile. All right, Ian, Pat, it's been a while since we talked. It's been a while since we talked about an at games um, product on the show. And we usually have glowing reviews for the at games uh, <laughs> Sega minis in the past. Oh, yes. Uh, they're, you know, all the 18 uh, different Clicos types of and... Ataris. They did. But now we got a. The Legends Ultimate Arcade Machine. So, I mean, we have all these, what you want to call them, consumer-level um, arcades in the past year or so that have been, have been coming out um, for, like, you know, in the 3 to $500 range. And before that, they, they were even at, like, Target. They had, like, the Konami cheap one years back sure. that you could buy um, here. So they put out a press release announcing the Legends Ultimate Arcade Machine, a full-sized a basic, basically, basically an all-in-one console, but now it's an arcade machine. I yeah. mean, that's basically what you're getting. You're you're getting uh, stuff like uh, it's it's the same list of stuff from at games that you got before. Yeah. So it, basically, this has a lot of that Data East stuff on it. Like good old that good old Data East stuff that's worth a dollar fifty, I guess, to license Burger Time and stuff like that. Joe and Mac. Um, yeah. You know, the stuff that you have literally seen on other packages that they've put out. Um, these are just the... Arch- yeah. Uh, yeah. Act Games has had, like, five or six different, you know, all-in-one consoles, plug-and-plays. Uh, Atari Games, ColecoVision Games, Data East. Uh, it says games from the Tetris company, which I guess would be Tetris. Yep. Uh, from the- <laughs> uh, Asteroids, Burger Time, Centipede, Fighter's History. That, that, that Everyone loves Fighter's History. Fighting game, Fighter's History. Pong and Tetris, to name a few. So, it's it's... So six buttons per player, two joysticks, a trackball, and two spinners. spinners. The spinner. Okay. So the control sounds layout like pa- is, is, sounds like Pat's main machine almost. The uh, the control panel layout is, I mean, the most interesting thing about this. Um, it's weird though because it, it says it here in the text and it shows it on the screenshot. Uh, it's not just arcade games. Some of these are going to be the home the home ports as well. Um, no. So there will be arcade no. versions, but there's also going to be home ports. I don't want to play the home port of Bad Dudes on one of these. It better be the arcade version or Burger Time. I don't want to play the NES Burger Time on an arcade machine. I just don't. Let's see. When you go, when you go to the, when you go to like the Target and they have those like you know ten twelve dollar little mini arcades and you have to play the play the freaking NES Burger Time on them. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so Bad Dudes vs Dragon Ninja. Well, that's the arcade name. It says versus. Yes, okay. but it doesn't say arcade after it. However, av- these uh, a lot of these Atari games are like Avalanche, football, basketball. They are saying they're the arcade versions. So it'll be interesting to see what actually is arcade and what's what's not. Because um, yeah, boy howdy, I you know who who doesn't want to play a little? Uh... It says Star Wars on the front of the cabinet. Yeah, I know. If that's Star Wars arcade, and it says tr- it says Tron on the front. Yeah. That's a coup if you get these games. These were not usually available on these all-in-ones before. If it's Star Wars Arcade, you would be able to play it with the joystick a little, little bit. Yeah, it wouldn't be very good. Watch um, watch it be or, like uh, Return of the... Uh, or Empire Strikes Back from Atari or something like that. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, you can play it with a joystick. You still can. It's basically a joystick. You can do it. Um, Tron, you need a spinner. Which you have. Which you have on there. Uh, trackball for stuff like a centipede. So that's Although, good. How would you, how would you play Tron with a normal joystick and a spinner? Because you need one hand on the spinner, one on the joystick, and then the trigger to shoot. That's right. When you with all the spiders, you need that. Yeah. Because you, you spin the arm, you move, and you shoot. Yeah, you can't shoot. 
Back to the drawing board at games. I guess you need to get a... You're right. Because whenever you did that, whenever I did that, like, uh, playing on the PC, like on MAME, you could do it with a mouse. Like, it's spin yeah, around with the exactly. mouse and shoot, shoot. And then that sort of takes care of that. Um, and then use, a, a, you know, a, a, a D-pad for the other part. You could do that. All right, well, maybe, Tron, you got to rethink a little bit then. Because it looks like... What I like about this, Ian, is the... 20 feet away promo shot so that you yeah. cannot see the control panel all and you get to see the Ikea furniture setup, uh, bedroom setup when you walk into the store. That's basically what you're looking at. You look at the, the Ikea the Ikea display bedroom with a guitar sitting there and what looks like an, uh, an iMac and then you have the Legends Ultimate sitting in, in this white bedroom. I'm pretty sure that's a tag board mock-up and that's why they, won't, they don't want you to get too close to it. <laughs> Here's the thing. It, it doesn't. It's like well, these other ones though. It's not a full six foot high uh, arcade cabinet. It looks like a five foot one or a four four and a half foot one. Mm. So I'm kind of. It's okay to play those. I'm not saying you know it's a, it's a cost cutting thing, but you can't. It's a lot harder to stand up on these and like lean down and look at them. You, sure. you really got to sit down uh, and and play these. Fix it. Um, Felix is on the front as well. What? Fix it. Felix. He is. It says it on the bottom left. You're, holy wow! They got the license to fix it, Felix. All right, that wasn't that wasn't the press release that I saw, but that's the picture that that's there. All right, okay. Uh, for me, these are all about obviously the quality the quality of what these cabinets are and versus the price. If these are in the three to four hundred dollar four hundred dollar range, that's the prices that these have been coming out. Uh, there's a lot of games here. Um, if the control panel is good, it might be worth it just for the control panel. But here's the alone. thing, Ian. Yeah. A good trackball costs at least what sixty, seventy bucks. Sure. A good spinner costs forty, fifty bucks. From what I remember putting. Together. I mean, that was a long time ago. So do you think they're worth less money or more money? To, to... Mm, I don't know. I mean, if if they're mass producing it for something like this, it's probably going to be less of a cost. Back then, when you were buying it, no one was doing this, so the results were probably. Well, I was buying the the good hap stuff yeah. back then. But okay, you can buy a trackball, an illuminated trackball for only sixteen dollars. Technology's come way down in price. This stuff was fifty, sixty, seventy dollars ten years ago. So then I'm an idiot because you know what? They can put a fifteen dollar one in here. I don't know if it's good quality or not, but then the cost on this is, is lower than I thought to do this. What does a track what does a spinner cost then? It's twenty bucks for a decent decent trackball that illuminates a spinner. Um or do they have cheap spinners? Looks like there's not cheap spinners available on eBay. But it looks like trackballs. Because most people, most people don't play the spinner games. There's not a huge amount of spinner games. You got Arkanoid stuff. You got stuff like Tron where you need it. It's so key for Arkanoid, though. Yes. But for this, this you need it for Tron for this, but we don't know what else you need so it for. So a used official Arkanoid spinner is 45 bucks. A uh, used one. They're not, not going to source used one of those. The Tornado one's $95. The Tornado one. I remember that one. Uh, the one I had, I think I remember buying... Did my main machine have an original one or had, had no? I had an aftermarket. I had a newer one. Yeah, I think I paid probably sixty bucks for that one. There. All right. So the parts might be cheap enough to keep this at maybe three hundred dollars still. Yeah, I'm just surprised where they said um, uh, they they said two trackballs, right? They said two. No, one trackball, two spinners. Two spinners. Yeah. When would you need two spinners? Uh oh, uh, warlords maybe. For two players? Yeah. Okay. Or for Pong. For Pong. Pong's going to be on here. Oh, yeah. For Pong. Pong. Okay. It's a Pong thing, basically. May they, may they get Warlords. All right. All right. We'll, we'll see if this is like other at-games products where the sound is all messed up and games are flipped or at the weird, uh, you know, 
we'll, we'll see. fucking stretched out. All right. Uh, okay, Ian. Yes. Positive. You know, we're bouncing every week back and forth between negative and positive game preservation news. Uh, so they found a Sega Saturn prototype, unreleased beta of Star Wars Rebel Strike. This was advertised. Uh, it looked like uh, this comes from uh, ObscureGamers.com, which I, I think is replacing Assembler. Uh, the Assembler forums, I think, are being shut down, which, and they've been the they've been the source for this sort of stuff years and years past. So they were advertising a Star Wars game. Uh, it looks like in a magazine article back then that's posted on this forum, where it kind of looks like a you know it looks like a Rebel Assault sequel. You know, it's in the Rebel Assault sort of line. You know, Rebel Strike, Rebel Assault. They did two Rebel Assault games. They did three. They only did three of them back then. Didn't they do a third one? They did a second one. I don't know if they actually did a third they do one. A, did they do another one? Anyway, gonna, I'll look at it. They up. do Rebel Strike back then? Did they do one in the game, the GameCube? Anyway, so uh, there's some uh, footage online now. It's really early. I mean, beta. This could be an alpha prototype where um, it looks like it's a third person. You're on like a, a speeder bike and you're shooting lots of targets. You're strafing. Um, you're in like, it looks, I guess, kind of like a third-person game, sort of like, a, I guess, like a Panzer Dragoon sort of thing where you're going around, you're shooting things. It looks like there's a little bit more, looks like there's a little bit more um, freedom. But yeah, I mean, Panzer Dragoon uh, is probably not a bad comparison. Uh, the game actually looks pretty nice for uh, the time and for it being on the Saturn. There's a nice effect with the target. The targets move, yeah, the like tar- they strafe with you. Yeah, the target moves and, you know basically shadows you know, it shadows it, across it, good... it looks really nice um, and then at the end of it you take control of looks like a, like a walk or like an ATST and you're up above shooting down and things which I don't remember a Star Wars back, game back then doing something like that um, so there's a little little map where you can see all your targets and things obviously this is like a proof of concept still this is very early right I right. wouldn't even call this a beta at this point you know this is like a gameplay demo uh, of doing it so um uh, on the, the unboxing retro is a YouTube channel that has this f- footage. It's four and a half minutes of footage here. Um, people are wondering when it was supposed to come out. You know, I don't. I had to see ab- about if they're gonna, you know, put this online so you could, I guess, try to burn it, try to burn it to your and play it on your Saturn. You know, that's kind of hard to do. I guess, I guess, you can burn Saturn games, which it, they figured that out finally. That was always the hard thing back then. How do you burn a Saturn? You can game? do it. Yeah, uh, you can use. Was, you can use like pseudo Saturn or something. It was like complicated that. 15, 20 years ago. That's all I know. Yeah, it was uh, well, complicated. It's become less complicated. They figured it out. Uh, that that Saturn hard to crack. That Sega Saturn. Yeah, that thing was it's a weird system. <laughs> weird system to crack. Um, someone was wondering if if this uh, maybe because Nintendo was was getting licensed to Star Wars games, so that, that would be my canceled it. That would be my best that. guess. Someone said that you know I, I think I saw someone posit that um, oh maybe it just it wasn't you know in comparison they realized it wasn't going to be as good. I, I don't think that's it. I think I think Nintendo probably had a little something going on because that, that Star Wars was for a minute very much an N sixty four. Licensed. I mean, there were PlayStation games. You could get Rebel Assault in the Episode One games, but yeah. there was that Sega there, CD had had, had yeah. Rebel Assault on it. But there was a small moment where Nintendo got Racer first. It got Rogue Squadron exclusively. It was the only system with Shadows of the Empire. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So Rebel Strike, yeah, that was on GameCube, but that was Rogue Squadron Three Rebel Strike. Yeah, and it's so a totally is, different game. So they kind of combined Rebel Assault's name with with Rogue Squadron on that one. They kind of did that. But this seems like this was going to be just, you said, a totally different game? 
Yeah, totally different game. I mean, that would have been... Well, Rebel Strike didn't come out until what? What year was Rebel Strike? It, it, it's just the same subtitle. It's, I, I mean, it's, it would, I don't think it would be anything like Rebel the... Strike was 2003. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is six years, five yeah. or six years after this it's game. totally different. Um, and obviously, the, the technology would have been a bit different on the GameCube. You probably couldn't accomplish a lot of the stuff on the Saturn that you could do in the GameCube uh, with this. I, I've never actually never played Rebel Strike before. I'm guessing it's decent. Uh, the third Rogue Squadron, it, it got uh, that one was not as well loved as the first two. Uh, yeah, the second one was fucking fantastic. On okay, the GameCube, and the first one was good too. But yeah, the second one is amazing. Okay, so um, check out the uh, the gameplay footage. You know, hopefully, hopefully this is preserved. They well, just just copying the ISO, I guess, to uh, your computer. Make sure it's a lot easier, right? You can just do that. Uh, unless there's some weird sort of program you need in order to copy. At this point, probably not. I don't know. With the ISO stuff. That I do not know. Uh, let's see. There's an article previewing it. It was in uh, April 1995. Uh, UK. What was CVG? What was that? We didn't have that here. That's when it was advertised at 95. And so it was canned after that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll link the, uh, the form here. You can go through it here. And, uh, no, it's fun. It's fun to have this. I was trying to think. Yeah, the Saturn. What was there? Star Wars games on the Saturn at all? I'm gonna look that up. I know the Sega CD. They they had uh, the chess <laughs> game. Let's let's use good old uh, Google. I don't know. I don't what? think there was. The uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there was. Yeah, I don't think there was. <laughs> Because right. Rebel Assault would have been too basic for them to really. That was on Sega it. CD. Rebel yeah. Assault. Well, yeah. Yeah, the, it was on a PlayStation so, as well. I think the second one was on PlayStation. So there was right. Sega Saturn was just like, eh, no, fuck it. <laughs> we don't have Star Wars. All right, moving on. Uh, all right, Ian, we have to talk about uh, the Atari VCS. We have to watch it on the uh, obscenely expensive. Is it delayed? <laughs> we have to watch. Oh, oh we have to do our. our our thumbnail. We, yeah. we have to watch it on the obscenely expensive uh, CU Podcast Tron 8000 here. The CU Tron? The, C, the CU Tron 8000? The cut round. So we're going to have to do this just because this is uh, this is not this is fu- uh, an appearance on, by the CEO on the Fox Business. Let's move our mics so we can talk into them. And I'll, I'll pause this every now and then here. Um, and I'll play it. And uh, sorry, sorry, Kieran. It might be hard to rip, rip the video out of here uh, to watch this. And let's put the volume up here. We're going to we're gonna we're gonna stop this every now and then to talk about this appearance. It's an interesting appearance, for sure, on Fox Business here. Look, can I first talk about this? Atari introduces throwback console with classic games. Joystick upgrade. <laughs> it's a weird thing to mention. Talk about Atari. Okay, I remember this very very well. Way back in the seventies and eighties, I was playing a game called Pong. Okay. So the guy's oh, about 65 years old. Game. So you would have been early 20s. <laughs> but I loved it and I played it back then. Well, Atari has a new console out and what they're doing well, okay. is that First of all, it's not out yet with some yeah. of those old games. That- it's not out yet, first of all. This is a this is going to be a promo interview for a console that's supposed to come out later this year by the end of the year. And that looks like a uh Is that supposed to just be a really clean like actual Atari cuz that yeah. That's probably one that 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 uh, was in, in by our, our pal uh, that you Evan can still play them today. 
So we have with us today Fred Chenet. He is the CEO of Atari, I think. That's the title? Yes, good the, morning. The name is right, Fred Chenet. Right, yes. And this is the console? So this is the, the first prototype of the console. Uh, wait, wait a second, wait a second. If I buy one of these... Okay, is it the first prototype of the one they, 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 they cancelled, or is it the first new prototype? Yeah. I think that's the original one, with all the individual pieces... Because they probably couldn't have tooled the new one already, right? And gotten a prototype together I guess. in a couple months. Things. I can play Pong Fred? again? Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. No problem. How much? <laughs> so we'll see. But, you know, it's a, um, first and foremost, you know, we have, we're still making games. I know. Uh, You've got to tell me that you do more than just yeah, rack just, up the old games. So Go and tell me. We're doing games, uh, of course, for mobile, online. So we are uh, relaunching the old uh, classic games. Mm. So that's still, you know, the DNA of the company. Uh, but uh, we're very proud to announce that so next week we'll be releasing end of the year and early next year we'll be releasing this new console. So what is it exactly? First, we, you know, to pay homage to the, uh, to the history. A lot know, of talking without nice saying anything. Wooden design. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, that's our way to say thank you. The wooden uh, design. <laughs> it's not wooden. There's yeah. a little bit of wood grain face pl plate on it. It's not made of wood. Or if it's some uh, sort of mock-up or prototype, maybe it's actually a hunk of wood, wood that they that they just <laughs> had a carpenter put together. <laughs> but it's not going to Again, be that way. That could be the, the original prototype that they use in the video. That that's not how it's going to be finalized because they're doing the one piece tooling. They're not doing the individual rib section anymore on it. So he said first prototype. He said first. I wonder if he meant original. If that's the case. That's not how it's going to look. If that's what it but is, it's going to look similar. But that's not the prototype, though. I'm buying it for Pong. Exactly. He's buying it for Pong. This old, I like this old British guy. Yeah. We'll call him Jim. It's not just the old games. It's all of the new games. And you can stream them, I think. Yes, right? exactly. And it's a computer to boot, right? It's well, you're going to stream the games? <laughs> and you're, it's a computer to boot. Well, you're going to play the games, but it is a computer, technically. So, so British Jim, I'll call him, uh, is right about that. I don't know his name. Computer to boot. So you have two modes, basically. First, it's a gaming and video console for the living room. Uh, the first uh, use of it is you have what we call the Atari mode, which is based on Linux, and here you, you will be able to access classic games, new games, and much more. Music, okay. uh, movies, and it basically every Computer mode. application for the home. So it's really like uh, first a console. The front end mode. And on top yeah. of that, and this is what is also new and different from the other consoles, uh, you will be able, in what we call a sandbox mode, where you will be able to download a new or any operating system. If you want to download uh, Microsoft, if you want to download uh, an Android system, we will allow that. And because with that sandbox because mode, we won't have anything of our own. That's not, a, that's not something that I'd say you want to come out and market saying that there's going to be a sandbox mode. That almost says like you don't have confidence in right. what else you're offering on like your own environment, your own... Ecosystem that was of my immediate takeaway there is you can do this because we're not going to have anything Or else. we know there's not be enough interest in our ecosystem, our Atari VCS ecosystem in store, so you can buy it to fuck around with your own computer that looks like this product, right? That's basically what he's saying. You can buy this and make your own retro pie you with can it make if your you own, don't like what we have. You can make your own computer that you just like the cool look of that fits in your living room. Right? That's basically what he's saying. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting what gathering. you want. Uh, of course, uh, this is where, where we think that this is new. This is really um, mainstream, and we are very happy mainstream? to be uh, showing it to the press behind closed doors next week. 
Uh, and so, that would be the end of the... So last year, did they show up behind closed doors? That was the original... That was the block of wood with, with the well, one... Well, not a block of wood, but that's when the British author had no, that No, that one article. was... It was a... It was wood. The the actual unit was, yeah, was supposedly, like, wooden. Was that when we got that cheeky article from that British yes. guy a year ago? <laughs> that was so good. Got to buy him some fish and chips, not a sandwich. That was good. But you still have the exclusivity. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> if I get one... Yes. Can I play Space Invaders? So look, I fucking love it. I, I love British Jim. This is why. <laughs> because British Jim was a kid back in 1974, <laughs> 75, right? Now he's like 65. So Pong, Space Invaders, that's what he played in the pubs. In the that's pub. what was there. And that's all he gives a shit about. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't care about what Atari did, even in the 80s, it sounds like. Nope. Just the 70s, late 70s, maybe 80, 81. Yeah. <laughs> Before he went off to uh, to uh, to grad school or got his journalism degree, or when his he finest. was courting the love of his life, when he was at Oxford. I love British Jim. That's not his name. I'm sorry, his name's not here. Says it through a steaming. Uh, uh, can, uh, okay, can I play Pac-Man? Ah! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> He's just cutting him off. I love it because. <laughs> All day, what British Jim talks about is like oil future prices, and this is the one time he's, he's so happy. He's like seventeen years old again. He's so, can I play Batman? Let me put this back a little bit. Okay, because this is this is important that he brought up Pac-Man because the response is important too, as you'll see here. Oop. Okay, can I play Pac-Man? Uh, yeah, Pac-Man is not. Atari. Yes, everyone thinks it's Atari. I could play it. Yeah, you would be able to have it through the uh, the sandbox mode, yeah. Sandbox mode, meaning you have to emulate it. It's not going to be included. Bringing up Pong and (laughs) Space Invaders and Pac-Man. This is video game culture, you know. Love this guy. Which demographic are you going after? I mean, would you really go after retired people like myself, seniors like myself, on the grounds that you can play Pong and Space Invaders and Pac-Man? Well, I think we're going, you know, to... uh, with a very, very broad audience, uh, everyone would basically need some- That's a great question by British Jim. Because to him, he's in that demographic of those old games where he played them growing up, so he right. might uh, have some, some interest in it. People our age and younger don't have any interest in paying $300 for a console just so that you can play Pong or Space Invaders or, or whatever Jim was playing in the pub back in 1979. So w- watch his response here. Because he, this is where you kind of know that what am I? What are we marketing here? You can see it in his eyes here as I as I played here. Ooh, uh, his name is Stuart Varney. Stuart, and uh, on October 29, twenty fourteen, uh, he was served with a divorce request, a nine year adulterous affair. You know, I don't need to bring that up about my buddy Stuart now. I'm sorry, I don't need to bring that up, Ian. That's, I, that's a that, personal. That's one of the few things okay. that Wikipedia says about him. How old is he? He's got, he's got to be 65, uh, 66. How old are you, Stu? Let's do some Pat math. He's 70. It? He's 70? Oh, okay. 70. Okay. Something in the living room to, to do what living room. explained. Again, living room. Very interested to sure. look into what we're offering. Uh, the, the fact that we have two modes. Hey, a first... Uh, mode where you can have many a lot of applications uh, and then your sandbox mode where you can do what you want you're killing me this is a, this he's oh stewart's not stewart is getting good stewart's not in this is a shotgun marketing approach which almost never works with anything by the way we're gonna sell you this console that has all these atari games that 
that Stewart remembers playing when he was a kid. 60 and 7 year olds would want to play him potentially again if they hadn't figured out a way to play him the past 20 years again. Um, or we got the sandbox mode that n- almost no one's going to buy this for. No one's going to buy this to, to fuck around with it in this little little cool shape. Almost you can no play one. Pac-Man through sandbox mode. That means you can't get it on here. Stuart, Stuart, I'm sorry, Jim. Stuart, I'm sorry you got divorced, Stuart. And do what you want. You're killing me, Fred. You're killing me. Can, could I just plug it in? And <laughs> he doesn't, Stuart doesn't care about sandbox. No. What kinds of passwords for this? Oh, you will need a password, of course, but only one. You will need a password. <laughs> because it's your machine. But do I log in. my grandchildren to hook this thing up? I think, you know, if I were you, I would definitely try it because it's always good to bond with the, with the kids and yeah. with the grandkids. So, yes, just for that, yes, that's what I would do. Seven-year-olds aren't buying this. That's the beauty of video games. The and complexity is a feature, is not a bug. They tend to play a lot to bond with the kids <laughs> and the grandkids. Do you think I could bond with my four-year-old twin granddaughters playing Pong? Definitely, yes. If no! <laughs> for, okay. have a private session. <laughs> oh, they'll like it for like five, ten minutes. But they'll, they'll go back to whatever Candy Crush games on their phone. I mean, I'm sure a kid a kid will like playing Pong for a little bit, right? I, if I was four years old, I'd play Pong, you know. But nowadays, kids have so much more software at their disposal than we did when we were four. When I was four, the the idea of the all-in-one Pong clones was still fairly... It was still out in the marketplace there, and it was dead by that point, by the early 80s. So we had one. We had the Telstar Ranger. But nowadays, it's going to be so quaint that yeah, you'll get a little bit of fun out of it. But they're not going to, you know, they're not going to glom onto it. Use that word glom Ooh, again. Man, Varney's not. Don't 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 destroy my view of Varney uh, of Stewart to me. It's pure in my eyes. What, what 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 did he do now? Did he get arrested for something bad? In an interview on five June twenty thirteen, Varney said, "We hand down seventy nine billion dollars every January on these so called poor people." And then someone says. You're not being mean to poor people? And he responded, I am. I am being mean to poor people. Okay. Frankly, I am. So Stuart doesn't like welfare, apparently. <laughs> Stuart's Come awful. on, Stuart. Come on, Stu. Let me, let me back this up a bit. You can bond with your granddaughters by doing some charity work, Private you session. asshole. <laughs> if I buy one, will you supply a technician to come to my house <laughs> and install it? Hotline 24-7. No problem. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> no problem. No you problem. Whatever you say. Yeah, he's not going to tell us. Uh, you no, tell no, us? we can. We can. Oh, Look, no. we're going to have different systems, uh, but the entry point will be 249. And then ah. we have also... We've also rebooted and redesigned the old classic joystick, so that will be oh. announced later this year. But there's a new joystick. They didn't reboot it. It's off the, the shelf, it looks like. And, uh, that's, that's the entry yeah. point. And then, with the, and then you can add more memory. We will have you know, more it, pricier okay. options. What a but fucking that a disaster. Which you're leaving here. Or do, you oh, I'm not giving the sample. I'm you're not giving me that sample? <laughs> I don't blame you, folks. Stuart wants a freebie. Uh, Fred Chenet, look, thank you very much for it's bearing just with me in about Pong and Space Invaders. I do think that's very exciting because you're bringing a whole bunch of stuff together for the living yes thanks for having me okay Stuart 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 it's not it's not exciting see Stuart is someone that hasn't played a video game in 40 years apparently Stuart he doesn't know the market he said you're bringing together Pongs this has been brought together dozens of times in the past by various all-in-one consoles and mini consoles and collections you know what I mean like this is not Stu wasn't impressed Uh, he wasn't impressed in general and the little bit he was impressed by was Pong. Was just something he didn't realize had already occurred a billion times before. And this is why I think uh, Stu, ha- Stu, we saw the humanity of Stu going back to 1975 playing Pong in the pub. Maybe if Stu played that old up Pong, he wouldn't be so down on like welfare and 
and you know things of that nature. I mean, it's probably like an old conservative sort of British bloke that you know. Um, that see, 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 video games. It warms your heart and it, it makes you more open to people and nice and and, and you melt. Yeah. I mean, if he had played more, then his favorite video game would probably not be I am. I am being mean to poor people. <laughs> Frankly, <laughs> I am. He might have been being cheeky. His maybe. other favorite game cheeky. is his other favorite game is Nine Year Adulterous Affair. In in I'm gonna st- I'm gonna I'm gonna st- st- I'm gonna. Stu is my guy because he was asking the proper questions there. He he was trying to say like, "What's the market for this?" And Fred couldn't give him a response. Old Fred, uh, old Fred was, didn't say anything. All Fred said was, "Well, we have two different things. We had the sandbox, which now they're they didn't really push the sandbox thing before. Well, no, because now now they have so they've so they've realized that they're fucked on their own front end and anything they really thought they were going to do, they're going to include it. But now now it's a tinker toy. Now they're, now they're pitching it as something else they're, which is exactly what they do there was called pivoting this is they're not pivoting this it, we're still <laughs> what is this thing supposed to come out they said december they said maybe the beginning of next year they don't have any they still have no clue what they're doing with this so sandbox mode means they're gonna throw linux on it or whatever and let you just install you can put, whatever yeah, you, want you can it. install whatever you want on there install microsoft and, windows and that's going to be as evidenced by this that's going to be the new selling point as they no longer have anything to say about what they originally promised they're just going to pivot to new selling points 249 is a starting price and that's for like i guess the, the onyx black version not even the one that people are going to buy which is the fake wood grain or wood grain front faceplate one you know that was good Stewart did a good job without realizing it. Because Stewart, Stewart did. I mean, uh, without I'll, realizing it, because okay, I'll he, give Stu credit for this. He's a good journalist. He may not this, like this, it, this, how he, this, his marriage went, but 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 what that showed is that that he was at, he was trying to get around for like what? Who are you selling this product to? What's the market? And what's it and, actually going to offer me out of the box? And the games that I want to play, will like my grandkids want to play them with me? You know, like, in theory, he's the market for those 40-year-old games. They're now 40-year-old games. Atari, VCS, Error, and Pong are 40-plus-year-old games. I know it's sad to say. They're 40-fucking-plus years old. Yep. So he's trying to think, is this for me? Is it for my grandkids? And he didn't want to hear about the fucking sandbox Linux shit. Stuart doesn't know what Linux is. He doesn't care. Stuart just remembers playing Pong in a pub with a paddle or playing Space Invaders. That's Stuart, all Stuart, Stuart remembers. knows Linux is the operating system for poor people. <laughs> he was being cheeky, Ian. The British Army, he was being cheeky about that. He didn't mean it. I'm going to stand up for my buddy Stuart here. All right. Weird hill to die on. I'll buy a... <laughs> but anyway, that was enlightening, though, yes. because you can almost he wasn't Fred wasn't Fred the CEO wasn't deer in headlights look, but and yeah, he's a I, step I, away from that where it's like, yeah, we don't know what our marketing message kind of is. Yeah, you could tell because he opened his mouth and fucking nothing came out. Just words, just words came out. Nothing of any substance or meaning. The only new thing is sandbox. Man. All right, uh, I'm a fan of Stewart's now just because of that. He was being cheeky. <laughs> All right. All right. Ian. Yes. We've been talking about an NWC sale in a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit. So. And this is one that. Well, this was breaking news. My buddy Lincoln texted me late right last Lincoln. night about this. Um, so, yeah. A Nintendo World Championships uh, went up on eBay uh, for $13,500. Uh, buy it now and sold. Probably almost immediately because ten minutes was what 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 I heard. It was like so, no more than ten minutes. So in ten minutes, uh, a safe search usually comes once a day. That would take probably the afternoon, the next day, at least mine do. 
uh, if you had this on your stage. This might have been a bot searching for it or someone randomly searching for it. Or could it just a bot alert? You can set up bots, I guess, to probably text you when this shit goes on at this point. So an instant buy at 13500 Let me lower the volume on here. We don't need to listen to Stuart anymore there. Um, 13500 was like a price what these were going for about four to five years ago. Like that was sort of the price. And then they started jumping up to like 15. I think the last couple went for like 20,000. I heard one might went for over 20,000. I don't track this stuff at all. Uh, I have to say, yes, I own this. So I don't want to pump up the price uh, my ethics. Um, one might've went for 25 grand. That, that's probably something that's possible. If it was like a really good condition one, this one is number 273. The condition is pretty good as, as these go. There's not a lot of like glue bleed through the, the you know, the label isn't all torn up. So, you know, it's, it's fine. Um, the, the buyer, the, excuse me, the seller said, I very much regret having to sell this, but life happens. And I hope it goes to a good home. I plan to sell many other, uh, many other NWC related rarities soon. So please keep watching. I've, I've had multiple surgeries. I need to pay for that. And that's that. Man, we can just pay for this shit without having to sell our, our, our treasured, uh, fucking carts. Capitalism. Um, well, it's not necessarily capitalism with, with this. Well, I guess, like, well, well, the <laughs> fact that we have a bullshit uh, health insurance industry is capitalism. Yes. Um, this cart leaves my house with much regret, but best of luck and happy bidding. Feel free to send uh, any questions my way. The cart was originally bought from a former Nintendo gameplay counselor. The folks at Nintendo of America headquarters that used to answer phone questions on how to get past tough spots in games and was given the cart in order to practice it to demonstrate gameplay to those at the original NWC. That's a, that's a cool providence. Yeah. And he bought it in 2004 or five. Some neat story behind it. So um, from what my, my buddy, my pal, my friend has told me, um, this collector was a collector from long ago, um, kind of disappeared from the scene for a while and it uh, looks like they were <clears throat> looks like they were operating on prices from when they stopped i mean he says happy bidding so i mean it there was, was no bidding it was put up at 13500 uh, by him thinking that that was a high price unless you can also have, we didn't see when it started there's also the option to have a, a bidding start below with the buy it now yeah there's a possibility he might have put it up at eleven thousand dollars or buy it now at 1350 there's you can do that as well that's That's what i'm saying essentially well i mean who knows what his starting bid was but i didn't see i didn't see there was a starting bid i didn't see i feel like yeah at 13 if he says happy bidding at 1350 that means he thinks 1350 is high end yeah if if he if if there was a bidding start maybe he started at 10 or 11 i don't know you have to be there to see it because there's no there's no record of that uh here um so someone saw. I was like, "Holy shit, I'm getting a deal!" Yeah, right. Oh, the starting price was nine thousand. It's you can see you can click on uh, the the gotcha. nine thousand or buy it at thirteen. Yeah, because this would have went for a hell of a lot more than thirteen thousand at this point in time. This would have went for nineteen twenty. Yeah, th- th- that was that was a huge. Someone saved seven. Gr- someone saved seven grand by doing this. Yep. So um, it's interesting because this has only really done this the past, I say, year or two, where this stuff. Uh, shot up because I, I would have told you even a couple of years ago that yeah, an NWC probably go for like fifteen, sixteen thousand uh, dollars, you know. Um, but I think how we talk about the people, other people from the hobby coming in to monetize it with with Wada. Yeah. Now someone probably figured, oh, I can flip this for twenty five, thirty thousand dollars, and they may not be wrong. They they may send it to Wada, or maybe or maybe someone wants it for their collection. There's some people that look for these and don't want to pay. You know, if you go on a Nintendo Age, someone like say, yeah, you know, I'll sell mine for twenty thousand or twenty two, and maybe it's like, holy shit, this is my chance to get one. 
If I was still looking for one and didn't have one, Ian, and I saw this, yeah, Pat might have dropped 13000 on this. If I know it's going for 20000 Absolutely. Really nice looking label. Yeah. Mine's not bad, but this one's good. It's good. 273 there's a, little, oh, there's a little smudge above the Nintendo thing, a little smudge. These, the condition's not going to matter on a lot of these, I don't think. I just don't. Except for the two without a label. And they're trying to say, well, there's Providence, this being the Mario one with no label. I don't know about that. I, I think people want a clean copy, to me. Is there really a story behind the Mario one besides the fact that people know about it from it being on eBay years and years back and no one, no one, no one wanting it? The Stepford child of the NWC carts? Basically, I mean, basically, I saw that happen with the... Um, uh, you know, you know the same events with the scratched out face. Yeah, of the guy. I saw that. I think on one of these websites saying, "Well, this is the famous one with the face scratched out." It's like, well, I've seen that conventions. I I know the people that in the past have probably have owned it. You know, like it's interesting, but I mean, it's amusing, <clears throat> and it's probably not going to you know hurt the price a ton in the long run. But it, it, it trying to trying well, to sell it as a feature is silly. Well, let's put it this way: uh, same events. I don't think we're ever going to catapult up in price like these NWCs. The, 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 there's, there are different types of artifacts. Sure. There, it's just a really rare variant versus something that people say is historically significant. And, you know, um, it's like the, the 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 grail of game collecting. I hate using the word grail. I can't think of another name uh, than that. Um, yeah, so um, someone got a good deal on this. Unfortunately, uh, the seller the, the seller might have realized I fucked up. I wonder if the seller is going to complete this. The seller can always say, I'm not selling to you and relist it. It'd be, it'd be uh, uh, dishonorable, but um, they can do that. That's happened to people in the past. They listed something, didn't realize it. Oh, yeah. And they go, why is this sold so quickly? Yeah. He might have looked online and be like, well, uh, is this even on price charting? Does price charting track this stuff or, or, or video game uh, value now? Uh, Nintendo, let's see what's on the Nintendo championship let's see so no there's not not really a listing is there uh oh there is so so okay so when you look it up on price charting the lose price is at 13,298 so that tells me that he might have looked that up and says that's the price not realizing that no that's not the proper price that's an average that's been pumped up by recent sales well, no, that that that's that includes uh, sales from. What what sales does that include? There's two. Okay, the only sales on here are private sales. I'm glad they're including private sales now. Uh, the last two NWCs uh, before this one on price charting was 2000, 2015. One went for eighty eight hundred, but then you go to two thousand seventeen April nineteen thousand private sale. I believe that 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 was the, the Howard Phillips stuff. I believe. And then 2019, 23,000. That's what I'm saying. The recent sales are bringing that average up, but not to the price where they need to be. That's why he's looking I don't at think, it thinking. I'm saying I don't think these last two sales uh, in, were included potentially. Because in uh, if you if you average out the last three sales, we'll just say the last three, we'll, we'll do some, we'll do some, uh, we'll do some calculator math, math here. So 23,000 plus 19,000. Plus eighty eight hundred is fifty thousand eight hundred divided by three. That's sixteen thousand nine hundred thirty three. That's what the price charting price should have said. Hmm. And if it had said that, our buddy here probably would have listed the buy it now at like seventeen thousand, and probably still would have hit it. Mm-hmm. So price charting, I don't think incorporated these because when you when you have a game like this, this isn't a game like Contra you're selling 
30 in a month or 50 in a month. If you're selling one game on average every year and a half, you can't incorporate the averages from the past 15 sales. You got to do the last few years. Uh, for So I think this is uh, the algorithm was off for here. So that's why this guy mispriced this. Sure. Which is funny now because now this sale is going to be put into the system here and yes. it's going to fuck up the whole average again. Mm-hmm. So the average probably should have been like, yeah, like 17000 something like that, 18000 So it's interesting. Someone got a bargain. Unless this guy decides, I want to relist it at 18000 buy it now. I'm going to put that odds of two to one on that. We'll see. Anything else to add? Mm-mm. Okay. Ian... Um, an article from uh, Polygon came out that's been... Uh, we've been asked to talk about it by three people. Uh, it's uh, from uh, Owen Good. Anti-loot box bill poses a real threat to sports video games. How else are those billion-dollar licenses paid? Um, so it, it incorporates... The article talks about... We talked about how the, the senator uh, has a legislation. Senator Josh Hawley. Anti-microtransaction legislation that... Um, is looking to get rid of loot boxes. Um, and then it talks about how in, in sports games, uh, especially like the, the FIFA stuff um, and in like NBA 2K stuff, how loot boxes have sort of uh, been more integ- integrated the past years. Um, I've seen you can do like the unwrappings of, of and getting certain uh, guys and shit. You buy card FIFA. packs. You buy card. Yeah, you're opening card packs. You buy card packs. Um, literally, uh, at least that's what it used to be. You, you, it, that's what they would call them. And basically, you use the te- the members that you uh, use the athletes that you unlock in those packs to play a game of soccer. So basically, that's your recruiting pool. Is is who you acquire through these card packs. Ultimate team modes? Yes. FIFA ultimate. So you basically are trying to do your own side team and you and you are basically gambling opening card packs to get players. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Exactly. And people are spending a lot lots of money to get this. Yeah. And and there are ways where you can um I mean you can earn the packs for free uh as well. But yes, this is a a mode that's been around for quite some time at this point. Okay. Um and I think as this, you know, uh, article is, is stating, uh, with things like sports games, that extra revenue is actually, to a degree, very important because um, they're paying for, you know, sports licenses that are astronomical. Yeah. Um, but. Well, famously, the, the Madden, Madden has NFL locked up for like five years in advance, yes. almost like continually. Mm-hmm. There has been another NFL game, what, 2K5? ESPN NFL 2K5. 2K5. Yep. We're up 15 years now with a Monopoly. That was the last licensed one. Wow. So, obviously the NFL can name their own price. Yeah. They can say, all right, we want $150 million a year. And it could be that much. I don't know. $100 million a year for the player's license as well as the team license. And, yeah, you want to make as much money to make back that investment if you're EA. We get that. Or if you're, uh, you know, if you're, um, well, EA also does the FIFA series, right? Yes. So so they have all the license to that. The the, the, uh, the Konami series doesn't have that, correct? They don't have the FIFA license. The, the, the Konami, uh, what's, what's the... Pro Evolution Soccer. Yeah, they don't no, have they don't. So there's a lot of money to be made here. And they understand that they got to make the money back. I wonder, though, if it'll get to the point where... If well, first off, I don't think. Uh, well, looking at this article, uh, this to me this isn't a pro loot box article. It's just pos- postulating if if getting rid of loot boxes will will affect these games, right? Um, would 
would these companies be able to survive and put out these games and make a profit? Probably. They'd be able to turn a profit, not a huge pro- uh, profit. What is that? They're pointing to, what, $800 million? I was going to say, yeah. So it says here that uh, FIFA Ultimate Team um, delivers an estimated $800 million as of 2017, probably more today. Just a FIFA game. To Yeah, it, just FIFA Ultimate Team. Just a FIFA microtransactions. $800 million. Holy fuck. Eight hundred million to EA's live services revenue, which in its most recent fiscal year was two point two billion. Two point two billion on EA's microtransactions a year. Of those eight hundred million potentially just from one game. Eight hundred million from FIFA, two point two billion total from all their online games in a year. You don't think there's gonna be lobbyists in, in, in Washington like next month? on behalf of these AAA publishers to make sure this money's not lost? Oh, there will be. This is, go- this is going to be a battle. This is going to be a legal battle. Yeah. And, and, like, a big, so, like a big one. So, Hawley says, basically, you know... Senator Hawley? Um, he, uh, you know, he, 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 he knows what he's talking about to a degree. He's carved out, you know, ways for certain things to be allowed in, such as um, uh, cosmetics... And stuff as long as they're not gambled on. He did an art. Oh, he did, a, he did an interview with Jason Schreier. We didn't see that. And, um, but yeah, so basically it's saying, you know, you, you can still sell things, but you're not going to get, you know, ultimate team type money, uh, as it says here, by selling extra soccer kits and ball designs. There, you, there is a point where that. <sighs> that pay-to-win stuff needs to, unfortunately, oh. have an impact on the game for them to generate that kind of money. Well, it looks like Center Hall, he's a he's a um, freshman center from Missouri. He's a younger guy, so he kind of understands it. He's not some, like, seven-year-old guy to, like Stewart who doesn't know about the video game. So, like, oh, Stu. so he knows what he's... He kind of... He's been following this, obviously. Maybe he has kids or something, that, or the people's kids that he's seen this happen to. So it's interesting that... Um, wow, we missed this article when it came out at the time. Um, he has a six-year-old and a four-year-old. So he he's on top of this. He knows, like, what this can potentially be. Right. So... Um, it's interesting just because um, this is not a bill that could potentially make the center popular. This can, this is a bill that it goes at people's uh, money purses, and there's no real uh, advantage to him for doing this other than he believes in it, potentially believes in it. Maybe, he, maybe he's a politician that wants to do right. Uh, he thinks it's right. You know what I mean? This isn't like an anti-violence bill, something that's ridiculous. This is something that he's aiming at kids potentially spending too much money, potentially is gambling to him, and I think he's right. Uh, in, in a lot of ways. So if this went through and passed here, would this end these sports games? No, it probably wouldn't. They would just ha- find a way around this somehow. Or they're going to have to go back to the NBA um, or go back to the NFL and say, you know, we can't spend the $100 million a year on this license or whatever. you got to help us out or else you're not. there's going to be no game. You're going to have to help us. But since they've, they've sort of brought this upon themselves in, since now that they're publicly trading, co- traded companies, the, the investors uh, expect these profit margins each year. They're going to expect them to make up this money if it goes away. This yeah. $2.2 $2. $2 billion is a lot of profit to just potentially disappear. Yes. Not disappear. Okay. In the U.S., it's a chunk of it. It'll still be in Europe and you know Asia, wherever else, uh, potentially. But um, yeah, this, it's an interesting situation. I don't know... Uh, this is going to be something that might go to the Supreme Court. You're going to see them talking about loot boxes two years from now in the Supreme Court, potentially, because of this. That is wild. You're going to see some senators uh, 
you know, say like, well, you know, it's a free market, let it do. And others be like, no, it's bullshit. This is gambling. We'll, let's see. Let's see where the lobbyists who they sink their hooks into Republicans and Democrats. We'll see who comes out on what side of this. It'll be hard to tell. It's going to be interesting to see where the line is drawn. It's, it might be all over for something yeah, like this. It's not going to be a straight line. It's going to be a. It's going to be a pasta noodle. The pasta is going to be a pasta noodle. Yeah, it's going to be a wagon wheel. Yeah. What are the wagon wheels called? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. I can't remember. Ian, do you want to talk about? Um, uh, the article about the game store closing in Canada? No. Doesn't interest you? There was an article about a game store closing in Canada. They can't compete with the other game stores. And it's uh, sort of just sort of the sad fact of life that we talked about before. About it. It's just hard to compete. Yes. GameStop or with Target. Um, and even with retro stuff there, it's tough uh, there. Um, okay. Um, Ian, do we have a Tales from the Game Store? We do not. Two weeks in a row, Ian? Not forcing it. The, the fans are going to come after you. They're going to... We can't sell those Tales from the Game Store t-shirts. Wait a minute. <laughs> Tales from the Game Store t-shirts? Wait, what? With Ian's face on them? Um, well, we do have a Patreon Q&A. We do. Patreon, <laughs> is, uh, you go, Patreon is a thing where you go to patreon.com slash podcast, And you hit a button. You hit a button? You hit a button that uh, takes money out of your account. No, it doesn't take money out of your account. Well, okay, I mean, it doesn't? It, your credit card gets charged at the end of the month, but hitting a button won't do it directly. It's not no. like you hit a button and I'm out five bucks. We can simplify it. Um, you hit the button, it takes the money, you get content. You get there you go. Uh, the full podcast. Uh-huh. You get some writings. You get polls every week. W- will there be a writing? Yes. This weekend? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, so there you go. Go do it. Go do it. No Chotskys will be mailed. Well, maybe if Ian wants to mail you a bird box, we'll do that. Maybe. All right. So this is the poll we do every week. In third place, at fourteen percent, will Nintendo ever have a quote dedicated handheld console again? Fourteen uh, percent wanted that. You know why? The question is probably no. They will probably not. It's going to be hybrids probably going forward. Um, at thirty-seven percent, why is the term "doesn't age well" problematic with video games? Thirty-seven percent strong. Sometimes that wins. Thirty-seven percent, but in first place. It's another Pat-centric question. Would Pat have collected NES games with today's prices? Okay. So I guess we have to role play here. It's the mindset of Pat from 20 years ago, 15 years ago, even 10 years ago. Starting fresh now. We'll just say... Pat play is not something I enjoy. What? Pat play. Pat play? Role play. Oh, role play. Okay. I mean, you put your name in front of everything. So I just figured Pat play made sense. But I didn't do that. You did. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, you can't continuing say you the tradition. But it was a tradition. You just broke it. Anyway, so... <laughs> what is, okay, it's middle class Pat. We'll just say I'm pulling in, uh, you know, 60,000, 70,000 a year. Um, living in San Diego, which is was the top 10 most expensive places to live. Would I be co- starting to collect, uh, going for, I'll just say, a full set with today's prices? No. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, I would not be doing that i would still be going to the swap meets and trying to get deals here and there um because it's fun for me uh to do that you know i've been to swap me like six months almost holy shit i don't think i yeah i haven't been in this year in 2000 really wow Ian shocked Ian, if this was the past i'd be like exploding like going to the swap meet uh this is what i would probably do Say I would say I had a collection to start at fifty or hundred games, and I wanted to get you know I would probably focus on you know looking at a certain NES app that maybe someone else would have done, and maybe 
looked at what are the games in the 10 to $15 range and below that I want to get that are cool or even kitschy, like the Supercars game that's at Luna Video Games or was for like $16. I'd probably focus on those under $50 games right. and sort of just see what I could do there and wait for a deal to come about with the expensive ones. Maybe I get lucky and find, you know, a zombie nation at the swap me, which, ha- which happened to me once and happened to someone else I knew, or a little Samson or a Bonks adventure. These are things that have been found. But I think I'd be, if it was the prices today that even though they've gone down the past few years are still inflated from when they were 10 years ago or 15 years ago. I think I would just be looking at the focus smaller sets. I'd be looking at, okay, me, I get all the, I get all the Konami games. Most of them are cheap. I, I would get maybe, um, I can still get all the games that came out like in 86 or all the games that came out 86, 87. Most of those are, are relatively cheap because the they're black common. box games. Get the black box. I'd probably buy all the black box, black box games, maybe in the box. I'd splurge and get those. I'd be like, oh, I'd get you know, $400 for a stack of $500. But what I would get out and go out and get all those expensive Color Dreams games and bunch games, blue cart games, no. Absolutely not. All those AV games that are expensive, you know, would I spend 80 bucks on a chiller? No. Right. I absolutely would not do that. I wouldn't spend $100 on Mermaids of Atlantis, whatever it goes for nowadays. I wouldn't do, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy, um, Master Who uh, and the Drunk Operation, Operation, oh, that's, that's a little bit cheaper. Master uh, Who and the, yeah. Operation Secret Storm, I would not go out and buy. What about Raid 2020? Maybe Raid 2020. I would still get a Wally Bear. Yes, I would, would. I would have got a Wally Bear yesterday, and I would have gotten all the Wisdom Tree games yesterday because those are not super expensive besides Sunday Fun Day, and I would go for those, you know, and Bible Buffet. I found Bible Buffet at the Swap Me. The problem was I already bought it. A lot of these games I bought find in the Swap Me after I bought Bible them. Buffet is useless without the manual, anyways. Yeah, I'm... for the for the trivia questions, yeah. I think you can get past or whatever. Oh, I I, I bought the trivia thing from uh, the ex employee. Yep. That's right. I, I didn't have that. It was an official. Uh, Little, little little trivia thing. I felt like, oh. Anyway, from Brenda. That's right, Brenda. Was it Brenda? Brenda from Wizard Tree used to own all the stuff before she sold them all to someone else. Anyway, so I think that's what I would focus on. I would focus on targeted sets, being that if I didn't have a lot of money to spend on it, and plus, even if you even if I have a lot of money to spend, I don't want to spend it all on all these. I just don't want to spend all on these games. I don't want to spend. Uh, what does a Ducktales two go for? Nowadays, one fifty at least for the for the cart. Yeah, Ducktales. I think I think it might be lower. Ducktales two. One fifty seven on price charting. Okay, so like I've said, like I don't think I would have it in me to go and spend. Probably, if I was going to buy every loose cart, even minus stadium events, fifteen thousand dollars or something, or fourteen thirteen thousand dollars, whatever that would have cost to get eight hundred NES games. Something like that, because mm. you have two games that are two, like two grand, right there, and you got a bunch of games that are in the hundreds range, like ten grand. Maybe I get all the games. I don't know. Without Steam events, I don't think I'd have it in me to do that. You know, plus it's it's not as fun to buy them on eBay. I always said it wasn't fun to even complete the collection on eBay. It was wasn't. Sure, it, spent, it took me two and a half, three years to to get the last four games I needed to get to get the the, the, the um the the, the 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 porno games to get the adult games. Yeah, you know, so. I would probably have a targeted collection. What about you? And if, you, if this was you, I mean, you're not a collector, but no, I mean, you, you, you say fuck it, and just get a flash card and be done. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm doing. In, in I don't know, but by the time these prices were going up, I was already disinterested in the NES um, and all the other systems that I collect for. 
uh, even the expensive ones like PC Engine, I'm not going for a full set. So yes, I'm going to keep collecting for those because I just take my time and every once in a while buy a game I want for it. Um, but I would definitely not, you know, uh, I, I think it's hard for anyone to look at what it's at now and think that now is the time to go for a full set. And people, but people are selling them off here and there, so maybe some of the prices come down on some of them. But the resellers grab them, so then the prices stay, you know, up for the rare stuff. It's tough. It's tough to gauge totally. It is. It's four hundred dollars for a complete one. Wow, got a good deal. Luna Video Games, two locations. Complete what? Ducktales two. Got mine for forty dollars back in like two thousand eight or nine. Yeah, it was a long time. ago. Two thousand nine. Ten years. Ten years. Ian, I moved here ten years ago almost. You believe that? I can. You, you've known me for eleven years. Is that like shocking to you to hear that? It is. Are you a better man for knowing me over those eleven years? I am who I am today. You're, you, he's he. That's true. That's a good way to skirt the issue. That that, that was like uh, Fred answering from Stewart right there. <laughs> he dodged that Stewart curveball from a, from we'll, we'll call him Atari Fred from now on. <laughs> Atari and, Fred and British bloke Stewart. We'll, 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 we'll get we'll get Stu over here. We'll, you'll, you'll like Stu after talking for a bit. You'll, he'll soften. Stu's going to soften in his old age. His like, old seven-year-old adulterous ways. So he's going he's gonna to soften. Like his stool? <laughs> Why do you got to go there on Stu? Stuart's stool? Stooly stool? <laughs> Stuart the stooly. All right. Anyway, Ian. Okay, so yeah, I would have probably still collect, but not near the volume. That's, that's the answer there. Thanks for the Patreon uh, question, though. Woo! We'll, have, we'll try to keep a Pat-centric one every week. Nice uh, Chun-Li thigh right there. Just staring at me. Her shiny... Thick thighs save lives. Her, her shiny baby oil thigh. Just staring at me right there. All right, Ian, is that it for the CU Podcast? Yeah, it's been about two hours. It's, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Uh, so I'll be at Too Many Games. Too Many Games. Too Many Games. Uh, June 21st to 23rd in Oaks, PA, which some call me Johnny. Tommy Dreamer's going to be there. Wow, he was I did Tommy Dreamer. Okay, all right. Tom, uh, Vinny for Vine Sauce, uh, uh, Boogie Two Nine Eight Eight, The Runaway Guys, uh, James Rolfe, uh, Chuck Conroy. Why don't I've seen this since I've manifest like a long time ago? And Scott the Waz. I keep more hearing more about Scott the Waz being a good content creator uh, more and more. So go to TooManyGames.com for more information there. Um, and then uh, yeah, then me and Ian will be running around uh, Comic Con uh, six weeks from now. Woo! With our pal Frank Cifaldi, maybe my pal James and Ian's uh, uh, friend with, uh, friend James will be there as well. Might have an announcement to make with that soon. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a podcast for me. It's noon. I can get some food. You can go home and uh, in uh, hang out and do some writing. Mm-hmm. While you want to stream a little bit afterwards, Ian doesn't like streaming anymore. Ian, Ian doesn't love me. He doesn't like streaming anymore. Going home. Ian's going home. Get right. a sandwich. That's Ian Ferguson on Pat Country. We'll see you in a week. Toodles.